1: Hello, I'm Ed Clementi, and today I'm going to uh, introduce an interesting guy, David Wang. He's the CEO and founder of BEAT. Welcome to the
2: show, David. Well, nice to be here.
1: And we've had the pleasure of talking a little bit ahead of time, but I, what your company does is fascinating, especially, you know, in the area of software engineering, but you know, BEAT itself, you know, maybe people don't know what it is. So if you meet somebody for the first time, kind of what do you tell them the company is and does?
2: So uh, BEAT is really aware uh you know, everyone mentioned about industry 4.0, you know, manufacturing 4.0. And uh, we believe we're one of the leading companies in really make this uh, industry of 4.0 come to reality. And, uh, you know, when everyone talks about industry 4.0, maybe, you know, everyone has different answers. Uh but what we do, B does, is uh, you know when we start a company, we recognize there's a disconnect between the humans, uh, the, the humanity connection to machines. So what we really try to do is create a a, a connection, or help the people who run the machines have a, a un- present understanding of how the system works. So uh, we we build a new connection between machines and the humans, and uh that what we are actually in the Layman's term, that's what we do. We'll provide to the, the marketplace.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and I, we're going to unpack that somewhat now as if we get a chance. But before we get to that, I just want to make sure. So, for example, use an example like, say, automotive or some kind of assembly line. What would What would your software do so... With industry, we'll talk about industry 4.0, but just giving a quick example of how someone would see it used today as a common practice.
2: Yeah, so, so most of the, you know, if you go to batteries, there's a lot of software system already available out there, right? So basically what they'll provide you is, hey, I, I have a station, my cycle time is this. And you uh, know in, in an hour, I made 50 parts, which I should make 60 parts. And a lot of time people, you know, you have you have spent time, you stop watches, have people standing around to look at how the machine actually functions to find out why I'm running 10 10 jobs per hour below what I supposed to be. What we do is we deploy our software, we basically digitize that station or that line down to every single motion and events. We'll tell you how long it takes a clamp to open and close. We, we we show the entire interaction, the lines, and through our software, we'll be able to tell you. Why you are losing that ten jobs per hour without any, you know, human interventions? The software do all the analytics. So this way, you know, even you, you're just a uh, uh, not expert. You'll be able to understand where I'm losing production, where I'm leaking productions, and uh, for us, this is uh, what we can do to help improve throughput. Right? Ultimately, that's what manufacturing really is supposed to do to, uh, you know, make the same thing with less resources. Yeah.
1: So, so it's like. Just in my layman's terms, uh, it's it's more like an efficiency thing, partially, right? Where you maybe it's making steps it doesn't need to make, or there could be maybe a troubleshooting thing too, like fatigue of machines or something like that as well.
2: Yes. Well, actually, it's really cover both, right? I mean, uh, you know, manufacturing really ultimately is efficiency, right? I mean, the ultimate goal is put less into making the same product. That's, uh, that's every every manufacturer is supposed to do that, right? And uh, uh, by by our ability to digitize the manufacturing process down to every single steps or motions or devices to monitor that, we, we can, number one, shows you, hey, if a device act normally, especially about uh, a population of the same device, okay, we can see, hey, if one device particular slower than others, so you can optimize that device. And yeah, as you record every device, how they behave, and with, with the analytic available today on, in the cloud, you can start uh, observing anomalies and predict failure before a device actually fails. So both become available.
1: So, so let's, first of all, let's, I think the term, and we've had quite a few other guests mention industry 4.0, but for your particular course portion of this, it's it's what you're doing for Industry 4.0 is software advancement for efficiency purposes, mainly on production lines, or is there other things it does beyond production lines?
2: Uh, actually, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, our understanding at BEAT, Industry 4.0, there's a lot of terms they use, right? People, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the most commonly used uh, word is digital twin, right? You want to have a digital twin. Uh, all you want to have uh, people mention data lakes. people mention, you know, all the these different data. I think a lot of time, really, people are missing uh, the main point of really what industrial footprint is about, okay? Uh, there are several flaws in the thinking of this, right? When you talk about digital twins, okay? So what does is, what is digital twin really serve? A lot of times, uh, the digital twin is really designed for humans. They want to try to have, uh, you know, uh, to benefit humans to understand our process better. So they create a digital uh, virtual reality to mimic the real reality. But really think about this, right? A virtual reality, the motion to show how the process works, will, will computers or AI really require that to analyze where the flaw of the system is? Most of the system design today in the manufacturing floor is designed for human consumption, that human expert can interpret data then to report this, make a report, nice report to, uh, to reflect or summarize what's the flaw in the system is. And okay, that's a lot of the effort in the, in the industry 4.0 is like, like that. What we do, I think, quite different from everyone else is when we first start this journey, right? We realize the data sets collect from the factory floor. Number one, they're incomplete. Number two, a lot of time they're missing. So we we really try to rebuild a foundation to enable this industrial 4.0, 4.0 revolution because ultimately the data is a foundation of this industrial 4.0 revolution. And when we design our system, is really design a system to leverage cloud computing, the AIs of the future. So when we design our system, how we digitize the process is more uh, beneficial to for machine learnings, for AI. So this way that we don't have 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 human interpreted data rather than have the computer algorithms to, to understand the inefficiency in your systems and identify that. So, you know, most of the factory floor, the problem you have, you know, 70% of the time is you try to find the problems and 30% you spend in, in really solving a problem. So what we're targeting is with our software, what we believe really industrial is we digitize the process. To the level that really leverage the computing power available in cloud computing in large uh, database and we create this new data sets that we eliminating the 70 percent or try to finding the problem use computer analytics uh, you know AIs machine learning algorithm building our software we now can we really create the first we call it digital process engineer assistance that can find the problem for you automatically now you can only you only need have human to focus on fixing the problem. I think that's the really uh, uh, main difference between our approach to the market or uh, uh, our understanding of industrial IoT to everyone else. Uh, that they hey give me your data, give me your data lakes, let us do we we'll do some magic, or we will give you some answers. Uh, and uh, you know we our approach is hey we we need a different set of data, a true set of data that can really enable the industri- you know the, the modern age computing deploying the factory floor.
1: So. This might be a crude example, but this is the way I think when you explain it to me. So I think of like GPS on your phone, right? When you're looking for something. So if, if it was me telling you, because I've lived from to get to point A to point B, say, oh, you turn at the big tree and you take a left at the factory and all that. GPS comes along and gives you the ultimately most efficient way to get from point A to point B but then also bake into the equation. Like there's also a traffic jam here and there's also maybe construction there. So we're helping you avoid the things you don't have to discover. We're just trying to get you most efficiently to point B. And that's kind of what your software and deep learning. Is that kind of close to what you do or my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually,
2: uh, this is the first time, you know, somebody uh, make this comparison. I, I actually really appreciate that. We really ultimately, uh, Uh, GPS systems that can see all the road conditions everywhere. And yeah, literally give you the quickest way from point A to point B, manufacturing.
0: You're listening to The Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast.
1: How did you get to this position I know you've got uh, several university degrees. Can you kind of walk us through? Because you know, I, I can. I don't know how people get into software engineering. I know, probably. I don't think. I don't know what your first degree was in. Right? You got it in Beijing, right?
2: No, no, no. Actually, oh, I, I. Where I, was your first I, one? I, I I didn't graduate from uh, from my 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 university. And you know, Qinghua University, I, I I went there and then transferred over here. Get my uh uh. Bachelor degree in electrical engineering from Wayne State. Then oh, that's finished, right. Sorry. Yes. yes. My Wayne State uh, uh, finished Wednesday. I started working as a control engineer, actually. And I uh, did a lot of uh, PLC programming and, uh, you know, just uh, uh, race through a rank. Uh, three years doing that, then I you now kind of uh, get bored with doing PLC programming all the time, and then went into IT and raised through the ranks uh, for my company. I used to work for a company called Kamal and uh, in IT, uh, uh, become the CIO for Kamal North America. So run the entire IT organizations uh, for Kamal North America for almost six years. And because of my uh, control background, then my IT background, I, you know, went back to business. I was their global director of control engineering uh, for Body Welding, and eventually uh, become the global VP of engineering for Body Wilding. So so I have a quite unique background is from controls to IT, then ultimately overall process. So design large welding assembly lines for all the OEMs around the world. So really understand the automation. Uh, You know, it's a very interesting, uh, unique experience to see the convergence of really three things, right? Control network with the safety network and ultimately with the the Ethernet network and all combined to one. See this opportunity that... uh, the amount of data become available and uh, and the people not leveraging the opportunity to be able to digitize manufacturing process down to this level of details and to see the computing power, the available, you know, for the future like in cloud computing, combine both together to really are in the new age of uh, mass production. Right. Uh, you know, really leverage. I call it the technology we're creating is really the Internet age of mass production. You know, that's what we are trying to bring them together.
1: Yes. I I, mean, I would imagine, and you—if you might want to mention, like some of your—not uh, you know—stakeholders or even some of your clients. You don't, if you can't mention specific companies, but at least the industry. So I would imagine, because you're based, I think you are in Troy. I can't remember where you're located. Oh, we're in
2: Southfield? Southfield. Sorry.
1: And so, like, I would imagine you have quite a few OEMs or tier ones or tier twos as some of your clients. Is that? Why you're here, yes?
2: Uh, you know, because uh, uh, my background really is from uh, you know, service to automotive industry and you know, large welding assembly lines, so our target when we come to the market was to target automotive- related businesses. So our major uh, customers are OEMs and OEM tier ones. And, uh, you know, uh, we, uh, we, we have also partners. So we are not, you know, we create the core technology, but, but we do have partners like Google is our partner in, in for the, as a cloud provider. And we do have uh, another partner called Talet. Talet create a software that allow us to, to talk with all the different PLCs. And we also have partners like uh, uh, Robert Shinto, uh, Shinto Corporation, the largest uh, equipment maker in the foundry. So they, they are our, we call value-add resellers. To the, to the fund grid business. Okay, they are also our resellers in Japan in you know, our software. We also have uh, 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 like other bars like the TA Systems with who, who, who another system integrator make the plastic assembly lines. So they are pushing our technology to their customer base. And uh, oh, we also like like service providers like KUKA, you know, everyone probably know KUKA is another large system integrators. And uh, 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 like a uh, uh, expert group, uh, another system integrators. Uh, and so we we do have a lot of uh, partners pushing our software, see the opportunity that we'll, our software can do to help them to debug, to launch their system faster, and in turn they can provide services to their to their end users, right? In this case, is uh, all the tier ones, all the OEMs.
1: So yeah, let me. Two questions, but one I'm going to maybe jump to you. One of your other questions, I was going to ask you about future trends, but you just described probably like eight or nine companies that you have to work with because you know it's sort of a real integrated ecosystem that you've created somewhat with your software program. Is that the future, as you mentioned, not just for manufacturing? Because this could obviously be used for any manufacturing process. Some of your systems, not just automotive, but is that the future of the way this is going to start moving more, is with Industry 4.0 and what you're doing?
2: Yes, I, I, I truly believe that's uh, that's the way of the future, right? And uh, you know, so one of the hottest areas we're in right now is uh, you know because of labor shortages with uh, chips, all these materials. Ah, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, disruption in the supply chain. OEM got impact big, big time, right? Well, one the biggest program we're working on right now is we actually through our software, implementing our software, we can we can really create interconnected enterprises. You know, uh, so basically the supplier implementing B software and B software because cloud-based will be able to provide summary data to the OEM, so OEM can see trouble coming. So we're we we're, we're, we're actually in the process working. With OEMs to create what we call it, uh, you know uh, a supplier process visibility portal that through our software we, we can create cl- clarities on you know upcoming shortages or inventory shortages and uh, be able to to maybe help people to plan for you know to not shut down the final assembly plan. So the, these are the things you enable us to do. You, you, you know it's an interconnected work world right now, right? Because of all the advancement in communications in internet. So for us, we, you know, BD is going to be, uh, I think, play a big role in con- uh, connecting manufacturers either tier one or tier two, tier three, all the way to the OEM to, to provide that visibility. The other thing I think is really important is we are not doing this, we cannot do this alone, right? We have to find partners to do it. BD is going to create a fundamental technology to enable uh to uh, digitize every, any type of manufacturing process out there. But we need know-hows, you No, know? So we do have customer outside automotive, right, like uh, uh, in, in consumer product. And, uh, you know, we we actually finding partner in those areas to help us to deploy our technology.
1: And so, you know, and, and being here in Michigan, but I noticed you've really emphasized sort of the global reality of a lot of your partners too. But we're also a big agriculture state, and I'm sure – Michigan is probably in the top three or four states in the country for agricultural manufacturing from raw products to processed food, right? Whatever it is, everything from cereal to power bars and, you know, liquid juices and all those kind of things. So you can see this even, like you said, in many different fields. But I think because the automotive industry, I mean, there's so many parts in a car, it probably has the most complicated supply chain I think of almost any product out there right
2: yes yes that's uh, definitely um i I've been through uh, looking through a lot of different industries i i, I mean I, I but i i might be uh, just just uh, to to look at different industries I, I really believe automotive industries has one of the most complex along uh, supply chain or manufacturing process throughout all the industry I've been looking at yes
1: so the uh couple of things I forgot to mention too is I, uh, when I went to your website, I, uh, and it's B E E T, two E's, one T. That's the name of your company, though, right? Yes, yes. Just beat. And so um, I saw that Governor Whitmer came to your office. I, you didn't mention that to me when we talked before. I saw a picture of you and her together at your operations, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Governor did visit us. Uh, I think this is before COVID. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, uh, so maybe you want to know the story be- behind why we call ourselves BEAT. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, uh, you know, the officially we always say this. Uh, you know, BEAT is beyond equipment efficiency than throughput. That's how we. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> so it's an acronym, uh, right? Okay.
2: The real The real, real story behind it is, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, we we aspire to be the industrial apples. You know, you know a company called Apple, right? What yeah. Apple revolutionized is, uh, is humanity's connection to data, to information to other people. That's what, it, the, what, what Apple introduced, this digital age, revolutionized our day, daily life, right? How we access data, information, other people. What, what I believe, or what we believe, this industrial 4.0 really is to change the relationship between humanity with machines, okay? What, what, what the relationship between humanity and machines today is very bad, right? We only pay attention to the machines when they break down if the machine working well you never see a guy go to a, a robot and say hey did a great job right they have the thousand wall robot no ro- 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 no problem you only say hey this robot is, is you know it's bad it's it's down all the time so so to really advance humanity further or or really really usher in this new age of industrial revolution is you try to change the relation between humanity and machines. that's what we founded it before we create a technology that, that's going to fundamentally change the relation relationship between humanity and machines. And that's why we, we we believe we'll be the industrial apple, right? Apple is consumer, feed will be industrial. So <laughs> I don't know. I like
1: to thank my car every winter through making it through another Michigan winter usually. But I it's not a total robot, but I, I love my car. Um so the last two questions are pretty short and quick for you. Any quick advice you would give your 17-year-old self growing up uh, back in, I don't know if you grew up in Beijing, if you grew up in a smaller city, but any advice you'd give yourself today that you probably didn't think about back then?
2: No, I I think, uh, you know, my, my advice, you know, through all this is really you need fall in love with what you do. Chase your dreams. And I, I think all the you know you look this is this has been uh, uh, something said by all the successful people really believe in what you do chase your dreams, and uh, you know you can only ask yourself to put everything you have into something you love. And if you do something you love, you'll be happy every day. That 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 will be my that'll be my advice to myself seventeen years ago. I I am right now chasing my dreams.
1: It's wonderful, and you've been in Michigan a long time now. What do you like best? Because uh, it's interesting. Do you like festivals? The weather? What do you like about Michigan?
2: I like Michigan. It's a beautiful, beautiful state. I travel around the world, right? But I always, I, 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 I think I like Michigan. It has distinct four seasons, and uh, I think it's, uh, you know, somebody will say there's a uh, winter is harsh, but I think humans are relative. You know, if you don't understand the harshness of winter, you'll never appreciate the warmth of the summer, or the greenness of the the spring, or the autumn fall, right? I I just think I like the four distinct seasons really give you a, a, a appreciation what what you have, right? And and uh, uh, and and it's the water, all the water around Michigan. Uh, it, I think in another ten years, water, drinkable water, will become the most precious commodity in the world, and uh, Michigan is surrounded by it, and I I love it for that.
1: Well, I want to thank you very much, David, for all your answers. Uh, Again, our guest was David Wang, he's CEO and founder of BEAT. Uh, Thanks again, David. You sound like you're on a great path yourself and keep doing what you believe in. Uh, Thank you for doing the show today, too.
2: Yeah, thank you for inviting me. And uh, thank you for allowing me to share our inspiration to bring industry open out to the world. Thank you. Join us next week, where our guest is going to be
1: Matt Johnson, external relations for Eagle Mine, an active copper mine up in the UP.
0: The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.